the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back at 7.06, final hour of the show. So glad to have you here. I have not been giving out the phone number. My apologies for people who have tried to call in the last couple of hours. We've just been so guest heavy. It's not going to work. But I will be back next weekend. Uh, We'll dig into the other side. All you ever get is the mainstream media, the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled mainstream media view on, for instance, the Fox News, Dominion versus Fox News lawsuit. Don't hear anybody talking about the email exhibits that are in that case with correspondence between Eric Coomer and other executives in Dominion and, and things that are said in their own words about the corruptibility of their machines. And, uh, you know, it's all right there, uh, but you never get the other side. Instead, we're bombarded with how important it is what, uh, you know, Fox News opinion hosts had to say about things and on and on and on. Slowly and surely, the truth will out and it's happening if you missed the first hour of the show make sure you grab that podcast uh, i thought it was a very interesting opportunity to get uh, professor and constitutional attorney john eastman back on to defend himself against really the almost well almost <laughs> i'm not going to say defamatory but the untruths being said about him and the people that around him like me and Chuck Bonniewall just just was not going to put up with it. Hope you go back there and get it. We spent the whole last hour interviewing candidates for the Colorado State GOP. I went through the whole list at the start of the hour. Tina Peters, Eric Odland, Aaron Wood, Kevin Lundberg, Casper Stockham, Steve Varela, Stephen Varela and Dave Williams. And so I invited on everybody who's been interacting with me about this particular race. And I'm so grateful to wrap up the interviews today with uh, another good friend, former state representative. His name's Dave Williams, and he joins us now. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Randy. Thanks for having me. Got that beautiful baby girl tucked in? <laughs> Just about. Okay. Just about. about well, it's only seven. That's right. I'm thinking it's eight o'clock for some reason. So. Um, well, it's good to have you. I gave this uh, sort of this setup to everybody. When I left town last weekend for a family event, there were virtually two people in the race that I was aware of. It was Aaron Wood and then the guy who jumped in first, our, our mutual friend, Casper Stockham. And I come back and virtually half of the Republican Party seems to be running for the race now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You announced what, about yesterday, day before? Yep, yep. Yesterday was my official announcement. All right. So I'm sure you've been thinking about it for a while. What uh, What's the decision? Well, go ahead and identify yourself. Tell people who you are for people who are new to the show. Yeah, you bet. And thanks again, Randy, for having me on. I'm former state representative Dave Williams. Um, I've been a party uh, activist on state and county, certainly in my county. And uh, I was elected for the past six years to the House District 15 and served in the State House and fought the good fight against the radical Democrats uh, during that time. Uh, the reason I'm running is because, quite frankly, we need a wartime leader. We need a leader who's going to go toe to toe with Democrats and not be afraid to advance our values 
and our platform. I think too often we see these kind of establishment milk toast, um, you know, party elders who don't actually believe what we believe and they shy away from, you know, our principles and our values. And even worse, they work with Democrats or they work in this case uh, with multimillionaire types like Ken Theory to try and get rid of our caucus and assembly. Um, if we do that, uh, there is no point to having a Colorado Republican Party. So I'm running to close the primaries, protect the caucuses, um, fundraise for our counties and our candidates, and to treat everyone fairly and unify us uh, through our platform and our values. Do you have a website up yet? I do. I do. My website is DaveForGOP.com. That's Dave, D-A-V-E-F-O-R-G-O-P.com. Nothing about let's go Brandon in there, huh? <laughs> no, it's still that's still my that's still my official nickname. Anyone can call I me. I love it. I love that. Um, you mentioned caucus and closing the primary. I definitely want to talk about those things. But um, you also talked about being an activist in your county party. You're in El Paso County, and I was particularly disheartened by the decision that was made by our Colorado Republican Central Committee that set up a, a separate election um, process for the reorganizational meeting in El Paso and basically took that um, the, the running of that meeting away from Chairman Vicki Tonkins. And I was really excited to see that in spite of all the shenanigans, in spite of all of the accusations, that Vicki Tonkins was reelected to be chair of the El Paso GOP overwhelmingly by the people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what happened with the state interfering with our county is something that I don't think any of the voting members from across the state should take lightly. That set a precedent that the state party can come in and uh, uh, effectively um, engage in a hostile takeover takeover of any county. So if I'm chair, we're going to make sure that never happens again, and we're going to put good rules in place uh, that ensure that no county is subjugated to the state. Uh, but yes, it was an overwhelming victory, and I think it's a, a a sign of a larger movement that's happening across the state where the grassroots are rising up, they're getting engaged, um, and they're taking over their party because they're tired of losing. Well, and it's not just the state of Colorado. I, you know, my, as, as RNC committee man, um, I'm in contact with chairs and, and leaders and committee folks from all around the country. And this kind of a takeover has happened in Nebraska. It's going on right now, maybe over now in Michigan, um, just state after state after state where grassroots activists, people who want to be part of the Republican Party because of the platform, they believe in strong leadership. They believe in life. They believe, uh, you know, in God-centered principles and things like that are rising up and saying, look, uh, if this party slips into irrelevance, then I got nowhere to go. And so I'm going to get off the couch and I'm going to get involved. It's the same thing I did 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, kind of sounds like the same thing Aaron Wood is doing right now. And it excites me. I mean, the energy. People don't realize Republicans won the popular vote last year by 4 million votes around the country. If it had been a presidential year, uh, we would have won with the 297 electoral college votes based on victories and battleground states republican party's not dead it's energized and this fresh blood and this insistence on adhering to principle um is one of the reasons i'm so optimistic about 2024 
Absolutely. I, I, I believe that Colorado is not a lost cause. In fact, I know it's not. And if we're going to win, we need to start, you know, demonstrating why our values make sense because they ultimately do. I think one of the big reasons why we keep losing in Colorado is because we're not taking the fight to the Democrats. We're not highlighting the, the craziness that they're engaged in. You know, all too often you have Republican leaders of the past who are afraid to, you know, throw a punch. They need to start throwing a punch at these guys and demonstrating to the public that, yeah, it's absurd that we have a 10 cent, you know, bag fee now at the grocery store or that eggs are, you know, you know, going through the roof because of the policies of the Democrats. I mean, we really have to start hammering on these guys, not, you know, a couple months before the election, but we got to start doing it now. If we're going to kick them out of office and have Republicans win again. When I first started showing up at things like uh, Rappahoe County, I'm in Rappahoe and Rappahoe County Breakfast and, and those kinds of places and started feeling my oats. And, and, and by, by that, I mean, you know, once you feel a little comfortable, you can stand up and start asking questions, start making points. And I was constantly told, you know, you can't talk about life. That's a losing issue for Republicans. And I could, you know, count on my hand the number of, of types of issues where I was told uh, that that's how what Republicans have to do to win. And yet over the years, look where we are on the abortion front and and look at where we are with the Supreme Court and, and look at where we are by standing firm on those principles. And so win or lose, even if we're in a tough state, a blue state right now, if 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 it's really as far gone as people say it is. Um, standing on those principles has long range consequences, can also bring people back into the party who walked away when they decided Republicans don't stand for a damn thing anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. And on the abortion issue uh, specifically, no, we shouldn't shy away from it, especially if the Democrats are going to want to talk about it. We should definitely talk about it ourselves and talk about how radical the Democrats are. They'll kill a baby because they're black. They'll kill a baby because they have some sort of a medical condition such as Down syndrome. They'll kill a baby through sex selection. That's how radical they are. And when you ask them to put restrictions on abortion in those areas, they will never do that. And I wish, you know, we would have done more of that contrast, you know, when we were running against Jared Polis or Michael Bennett. Instead of them asking us if we're radical because of rape and incest and all that, we should be asking them, well, wait a minute, or how come you won't put a restriction on, on, on sex selection abortion or or Down syndrome abortion. You know, these are things that we can throw punches at and really make them look like the radicals who they really are. And and I don't know why we don't do that. But under you know my administration, we're going to take the fight to the Democrats, and we're not going to give up the state. You know, without without really waging some meaningful war against them. Uh, you and I are sort of birds of a feather, and and that label could apply to several of the people that I spoke to last hour. Can you work with the, you know, the moneyed Republicans, the people who've been pulling the strings, the uh, the people who continue to rely on, uh, you know, the long term Republican activists and former leaders and consultants who um, who seem to continue to drive ultimately who our candidates are and what issues they focus on? Of, of course, of course, Randy, we, you know, we do have a big tent. You know, and that's something that we should be proud of. I think if we really want to get people on board, then we all need to respect everyone and, and bring them to the table. Everyone gets a voice. Everyone gets a vote. 
and then we come up with the best ideas, you know, behind closed doors. And, and then when we're out in, in the public, we show a unified force. So when we're talking to donors, consultants, everyone gets to have their say. Uh, but the days of letting, you know, failed consultants, you know, drive the bus, you know, are over under my administration. We're going to start, you know, bringing in fresh blood and fresh ideas and really being aggressive about why Republicans should be in power. Now, you and several others are fairly new into the race. We've got somebody like Casper who's been, you know, pushing this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, separate yourself from the candidates and explain why people should be looking at Dave Williams as opposed to everybody else who's now in this thing. You bet. You bet. And I, and by the way, I don't take away any of the experience or the, the strengths of any of the people that are running for chair. They're all wonderful people and I wish them the best, um, you know, regardless if I win or lose, uh, cause we, we all need to work together if we're actually going to take back Colorado. With that said though, I think my record you know, speaks for itself. I'm a proven leader. I've you know, worked in the state house uh, fighting Democrats. I know how they think. I know, you know, what their weak points are. And at the end of the day, you know, I've I've been in party leadership. I've been fighting this fight alongside the grassroots. And you're going to find no stronger, you know, supporter of our caucuses, of closing primaries, of actually throwing out failed, you know, establishment leaders who, you know, have handed, um, handed our party over uh, to, you know, super minority type losses. Those days are over. We're gonna. I'm a reform candidate. I'm a wartime leader, and right now I think the Republican Party is poised for victory, but only if we, if we seize the opportunity. And I, you know, that's the direction I'm going to head in because that's where the people are. Um, ultimately, they're the boss, and I know that, and I'm going to work for them. Seems like a, a great closing statement. Your website is DaveForGOP.com, DaveForGOP.com. I've been talking about this uh, Colorado State Party Chairman Candidate Forum at uh, that uh, just an amazing venue. I'm sure you've been there many times as well, Deep Space Parker Lounge. This Wednesday, doors open at 530 um, it is a paid event because there's food and different things that uh, going on there. I don't know if it's a fundraiser for anybody. I know Colorado Hispanic Republicans and Parker Conservatives are putting it on. But um, I am going to do everything in my power to make it in my schedule work out so I can be there because I want to see all of you guys on stage interacting with each other so we can be you know, drawing those distinctions, determining those differences, and make a great decision in three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I look forward to it, Randy. And no matter what, um, I'm sure the people are going to make the best decision for our party. And all I care about is winning winning back Colorado and defeating some Democrats. Let's, let's go win again. Dave Williams, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I may see you on Wednesday. I'm sure I will be talking to you soon. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Thanks, Randy. All right. That is it for the candidates. And I didn't exclude anybody. Eric Odlin, Tina Peters, Stephen Varela have not reached out to me about their candidacy. So, um, you know, talk to the folks that talk to you is the way I look at it and um, should be very, very interesting. I don't know how much more. I won't be here in two weeks, so I won't be able to do anything the week before the election. But I will be back the night of the election, so we'll be able to talk about whoever emerges victorious. That should be fantastic. We'll be here live next week as well. I'll be also filling in for uh, or hosting Backbone Radio. Uh, so we'll have a whole weekend together. 
And uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined by the son of one of my dearest friends. His name is Pastor Dr. Malachi O'Brien, and I've been underselling him. He has now run his – let me pull that back up again. He has now run today his 134th marathon in a row, 26.2 miles each time. So I want to talk to him about that. But most importantly, he has really been promoting and is involved in this amazing revival that's going on in uh, at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. It's now into its 10th day. And we'll wrap up the show with Jeff Hunt, who will be hosting Backbone Radio tomorrow night to see what he's got on his mind, what's happening with Western Conservative Summit, all the good things that continue to go on in our city in spite of of establishment Republicans and especially the radical and disgusting Democrat Party that's totally in control right now. So I hope you'll stay with us. 722, I'm Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. We're back at 727, final hour of the show underway. And if you missed any of it, the first hour of the show will be up shortly uh, for podcast. We had... uh, constitutional scholar, professor, attorney, Donald Trump attorney, John Eastman on the show. We had to defend a couple of things that have been going on around this station involving John and apparently me. So uh, that was an interesting interview. And then we started in the six o'clock hour, the very first um, of multiple interviews with the people who are running to be the next chair of the Colorado State GOP. And so if you missed any of them, you can grab the podcast starting at about 8.30. Luis Gonzalez always whips those bad boys up there quickly, and I am very grateful for that. And, you know, you get to always get the text, oh, you're talking about establishment Republicans. You're establishment. You're the Republican National Committee man. No, that's not what I'm talking about. When I use that word, I'm talking about the old guard, the people who want to do things the same way, the people who make money out of every election, win or lose, try to moderate you away from God, away from life, away from the Constitution. Uh, and that's what so many people are rising up and enrolling and getting behind and involved in the Republican Party to stop. And that's why I got, came here. And, you know, 12 years later, RNC committee man, I've got some influence in that regard. And my number, people like me, our numbers are growing, even on that grand old Titanic. Moby Dick GOP. So it's very, very exciting. And uh, finally, we're going to change, turn our attentions to something else. I've had uh, our next guest, Dr. Run, Malachi O'Brien, son of one of my dearest friends, on the radio multiple times because he has been breaking the Guinness Book of World Records, running marathons every single day, 26.2 miles for 134 days now. And so I want to catch up with what's left of him. He's turning into a skeleton with all this running. But then um, we're going to spend some time talking about something that is so remarkable. It's happening right here in our own country. It's going to change the direction of our country. And Malachi has been sharing this on his social media. It's just remarkable. It's the revival in Asbury. And Dr. Ron Malachi O'Brien joins us right now. Malachi, welcome back. Hey, well, thanks for having me back to the show. It's always exciting to talk, and especially with the most recent events. So, again, thank you, and I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, yeah, this this Asbury thing is terrific. But tell me what's going through your mind real quick on just continuing to run. You've shattered the world record. 
men's record, women's record. Um, nobody's even close. Yet rain or shine, up here in Colorado, you were running in the mountains, 18 below, freezing your eyelids shut. Um, a few weeks ago we had you on. You, were, you woke up sick, not feeling good. Uh, I, I mean, and yet every single day, 26.2 miles. I mean, you've already broken the record. Why are you running now? Well, you know, I've added a, I've added a third tier to things I'm running. As you, you and the audience know, I'm, I've been running for adoption and foster care to bring awareness to that. And then secondly, to youth mental health. But honestly, in light of what's going on in Wilmore, Kentucky, um, I've been using the phrase running for revival. Um, and if anyone who knows the story of the history of America, we've been a nation that's been forged in the fires of revival every 50, 60 years in a significant nation-changing kind of way. And so, and, and Randy, I'll just say this, I have decided on a final day for my final marathon. I had been kind of going back and forth, but after talking to Eric Metaxas just a few days ago, we, we picked a joint number together because I'll go to New York and do his show. Um, so I'm, I can share that if you want, or I keep it a secret, but I, I do have a final number of mine. Well, I guess I'll leave it up to you. I mean, you could text it with me, and we could make a big build-up to it over the next few days or weeks, depending on what that number is. But uh, whatever you think furthers your cause, because... Let's keep it a a secret for the audience, and maybe the audience can comment on the social media pages that you have and just say, we want to know the number, we want to know why that number, because... And Malachi, uh, we're we're getting that muffle again. Are you on uh, AirPods or something? I am. Give me one second there. We can fix that. One second. One second. How is this, my friend? It's great. It's so much better. Yeah. I have learned that as long as you keep your chin up, you know, if you're not looking around, there's something about how you're holding, how people hold their head that screws up those AirPods. But anyway, you sound good now. So, Thank well, you. Thank well, you. is it a relief to know that there's a number inside? I mean, it seems like you could just keep running forever. It's amazing. I, I, I would love, I would love to keep going forever, um, but I would probably go till I was dead. Um, but you know, as the great uh, theologian, Tony Stark, Ironman once said that the, the part of the journey is the end. <laughs> so, um, so I've kind of had that date in mind and I think tease it out for the audience, uh, and, and come back and share what it is. Um, cause I really want to spend more time talking about running for revival and why what's going on in Wilmore, Kentucky, which just a few hours ago, I posted an article on my Twitter account, even CNN picked it up. And begin to cover it. That tells you um, that something's going of a spiritual nature is going on that even the most secular left-leaning media cannot ignore. It. Well, I'll just say this: it's as busy as you are, and given you know the importance of upcoming political events and this revival, I, I expect this to be the first of many around the country. It's taken you what eight plus hours a day to run this marathon. So to getting that time back has got to be a, a, a great way to change your focus and continue to serve God. A hundred thousand percent. And again, what, well, here's one thing I've learned for everybody in the audience is listening. You know, um, if you will dedicate intense, singular focus on any one area of your life, you will be successful. So I am looking forward to shifting that focus over. But I already have a hundred mile ultra marathon in my mind that I want to run a few weeks after I end my current journey. So that's kind of what I'm planning on. Very cool. All right, let's talk about revival. I've been retweeting some of the amazing videos that you've put up. This started out with a, you know, a fairly packed auditorium there at, uh, at Asbury university in Wilmore, Kentucky. 
It has grown now to where the people are spilled out all over the college grounds. They've they've shut down media inside because they don't want to take away, you know, the the focus on Jesus Christ. And people are now coming not just from around the country, but from around the world to be a part of this. How do you explain it? Well, I explain it like this. The, the fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. Deep inside the heart of every person, they, ha- they know there's more of God available than they're seeing now, and unfortunately more of God than they see in the Church. But, you know, if a person understands history, in 1970 was the beginning of what we refer to as the Jesus Movement. Actually, later this week, the Jesus Revolution film comes out, hits theaters nationwide, telling the story of the Jesus movement through Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel and Greg Laurie. So in less than one week, there's going to be millions of people that know the story of the original Jesus movement. But on February the 3rd, 1970, at Asbury College, Wilmore, Kentucky, they had a chapel service that went seven straight days. 53 years later, the same month, just 53 years later, a new generation, they've now had a chapel service that's now gone over 10 days. And that's why the world, when people see that there's something real, um, they want to get as near as they can, because, you know, these are kind of a once in a generation type moment to kind of catch the fire, so to speak, and take it back. And we just, when you share the stories, again, I, I wish we had time, Randy, but America, right before we founded a nation, the first Great Awakening happened. Right before the Civil War, the, the, the prayer revival that started in New York City uh, happened. I mean, our history of a nation is we've been forged in these moments of spiritual intensity that's really brought the church back where the church needs to be. And, and if we're being honest, the reason why our nation's where it is now is because the church hasn't been where the church has needed to be. So it's exciting to see young people, Gen Z, on fire for God by the thousands. And here's the cool thing. A lot of the, the buzz with Gen Z, all these stories are taking place on TikTok. And I, I, and I know mm-hmm. the ins and outs of all that, but I'm telling you, the, the fame of revival spreads the flame, and the stories are going viral. I, I think uh, I think you and I were talking earlier, uh, Tucker Carlson picked it up. Um, Glenn Beck talked about it. Uh, obviously, CNN ran stuff about it. So these stories are popping up everywhere, and they are absolutely thrilling, and they're real. They're undeniable. We take hours for me to tell you all the stories I've heard and read and have tried to share. I've, I've tried to become a storyteller of this thing yeah. because it's absolutely amazing. Everybody who's listening needs to go to their social media, search the hashtag Asbury Revival, and I promise you, they will be stirred, whether they're deep people of faith or not. Well, that's that's the thing that's so exciting to me. We're talking with Malachi O'Brien, Dr. Run. Um, Guinness Book of World Record holder soon enough when they make it official for running these marathons. But so many of these young people that are coming to the revival aren't uh, Christians. They're not people who are uh, committed to God and were just coming to be nourished among like-minded believers. These are people seeking God, finding Jesus, and feeling that energy for the very first time. And that is so very exciting. And, and that was the story of the original Jesus movement, and it was it was a bunch of hippies. Yeah. You know, and I know that term sounds a little fashion. Although we could, I could talk to we, to you about Craig. And not to an old, I've yeah, heard. not to an old guy like me. We we grew up. That was us. You know, go ahead. <laughs> but the reality is, by the thousands, they came to Christ in California and were baptized in the ocean, and that fire spread um, across the nation. But it had its genesis in Wilmore, Kentucky, February third, because a few students got serious about prayer. And they just they just asked God to do a work, and here's and 
You know, when God does a work, it changes a nation. And I really believe America will be saved. I really believe that what's happening has the, it could change the moral fiber of our country for the next 30 to 50 years. And by the way, for folks who don't know, when Malachi mentioned Craig, that's his biological dad, didn't raise him, but has remained an active force in his life and is one of my best friends, how I came to know Malachi. So um, for folks just scratching their head, going, what was he talking about? I pulled up the CNN article, and it's hilarious, Malachi. The term, <laughs> the term revival is in quotes. Revivals, as they are understood in many denominations, are meetings, sometimes stretching hours or days, during which participants experience or faci- facilitate a, quote, revival of spiritual in- energy. And, you know, they just, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm so it, 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 sick it, of CNN. Equi- I read the mocking. It's the, yeah, it's the equivalent of being able to read a menu but never have tasted the steak. <laughs> yes. Fascinating. I I agree. These videos are extraordinary. And, you know, 10 days in now, it is growing. The the energy, the numbers, and it's nonstop. It's round the clock. That's part of the point. Do you have any idea when this thing might end? I do, actually. I mean, obviously, there are thousands of people on the grounds of of Wilmore, Kentucky, Asbury College, because there's no more room. So basically... This Thursday night is the collegiate day of prayer, the 200th anniversary. It's been going on for 200 years where people have adopted a college or university to pray for by name. And uh, it's it's being simulcast, being broadcast from, of all places, planned a year ago, but of all places, can you guess it? Asbury College, Mm. Wilmore, Kentucky. And so this Thursday night is going to be that broadcast. And then the president of Asbury has said, we're going to shut down Hughes Auditorium on Friday. They're going to move the services to a larger church in the area with parking and facilities because to accommodate all these people coming in, that is a work unto itself. But in the history of revivals, because you know, I'm a student of this, they've always spread. So this is not the end. It's only the beginning, and the fire is meant to, is meant to, is meant to go everywhere. I mean, there's, there's stuff happening at Lee University right now, uh, Cedarville University, University of the Cumberland. I'm getting texts and phone calls and pictures of places all across the country where these these fires spread. And just to give a good definition to your audience, as someone who's been a student of revival, people say, what is revival? I say it's simply this. Revival um, looks like Jesus, and, re- and, G- and revival is Jesus. Revival is a person, and it's, it's coming to a more sincere, dedicated love to Jesus Christ and his authority in our lives, where the church always should be. And so every revival in history has made a deep impact on America, and that's what I'm excited about this one. Malachi, we are flat out of time. I encourage everybody to look you up. Uh, Malachi O'Brien, you're easy to find on Instagram, on on Twitter, elsewhere, a unique name. Uh, I'm so excited that you're involved in this. I'm glad you're going to stop running eventually. I'll be interested to hear when. We will have you back. God bless you, sir, and continue to spread the joy, the energy, and the, the word of Jesus Christ. It's so very important. God bless you. Hey, God bless. Thanks again. All right, we got to jump to our break because when we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff Hunt, who is holding down the fort for Backbone Radio tomorrow night. I'll be hosting, uh, I'll be back live next week, and we'll do Backbone Radio next weekend. And um, people, somebody called in and was asking, and, and so just to let you know, Matt Dunn, and we put this out when I did his show a couple, two or three weeks ago. 
has determined, you know, for kids and his family that the obligations of preparing the routine and everything of getting that amazing show done every Sunday had just become too much for now. Those were his words, and uh, so that's where it sits. Anyway, we'll be back with uh, Jeff Hunt, uh, interested in his take on this Asbury revival, given his work at the Centennial Institute out there at Colorado Christian University. And that's how we're going to wrap up the show. So stay with us here on 710 KNUS. I just can't step on some of my favorite cruising songs. Welcome back, though, 746. It wasn't even close, Lewis. There was six seconds left when I sat down here. So no big deal. Man, it's so good to have you here. If you missed any part of this show, make sure you grab grab the podcast. First hour, we spent a good 20, 25 minutes with um, attorney extraordinaire, constitutional scholar, and Professor John Eastman, one of Trump's attorneys, been under fire for having the courage to stand up and uh, and tell the truth. And uh, I, I just had to bring him on to clean up some nonsense that has been going on with uh, my former friend Peter Boyles on his morning show on Saturdays because I learned he was making the accusation that we had set him up with his with the interview in some negative way with the interview with John Eastman. It's one thing to have an opinion, draw your own conclusions, you know, God bless you. I stay silent in those situations, but you cannot besmirch the character, the intentions of Good people, me, Chuck Bonniewell, John Eastman. I don't know who else could have been being talked about. If you don't, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, just grab that podcast and you'll see why I stepped way outside of my lane to have that first hour. Then we spent the rest of uh, the second hour with um, four of the six people running for Colorado State GOP chair. And uh, this hour with Dr. Ron. Dave Williams, and now one of my absolute favorites, uh, another good friend, Jeff Hunt, the director of the Centennial Institute out there at Colorado Christian University, the chair of the Western Conservative Summit, another big event being put together right now, does a radio show here on Sundays on 710 KNUS. And Jeff, I've got to tell you, even before I knew that you were actually going to host Backbone Radio tomorrow night, I really wanted to talk to you and get your take on this Asbury revival because it is extraordinary. My heart just won't slow down. Well, the reason why people are so excited, right, Randy, is because we have come to recognize that the problem we have in this nation is a spiritual problem, that we're not going to fix this easily through the political cycles, those types of things. We have a really serious heart problem in this nation because we've basically kicked God out of the public square. And so when we've been talking about revivals for a long time, right? We need another great awakening in this nation. And then you see this thing start to sprout up in Asbury, and then you see other Christian colleges start to pick up on it. And in fact, what I did on Friday is I went and grabbed our theology professors, our dean of the School of Theology at CCU, and then our chancellor. And I said, hey, let's do a Twitter Spaces. We don't really know what this is, uh, either the revival or Twitter Spaces, but let's do a Twitter Spaces and just talk about this. And they did a fantastic job. So if you go over to my Twitter account, uh, twitter.com backslash Jeff Hunt, you'll find it there. And it's an hour-long conversation with people that have written their, their doctorates on revivals and great awakenings and what's happening and is this really true and what do we need to look for and they gave some great guidance 
on, you know, not being too cynical. You you have a lot of people out there that are like, oh, this isn't a revival, and uh, it, it needs to follow this step and this step and this step. And then you have people that are really excited and saying, this is the, you know, another great awakening in America, and you've got to be a little sober-minded with it. But they kind of give you some guidelines and, and ideas to look for, right? There's got to be the preaching of the gospel. There's got to be repentance. There needs to be a confession of sin. This is typically what takes place in Great Awakenings. And so uh, get really nitty-gritty into the theological history of revivals. You can find that on my Twitter account. But I, it is very exciting, right? And it's exciting that this is being led by youth. I don't know, Randy, if you saw Tucker Carlson's response when he tried to go down there with cameras and Fox was, or in the the, college, the university there was like, no, we don't want cameras. We just want the students to be able to do this. And Tucker thought it was great because they're not seeking publicity right now. This is really just genuine worship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a movement of the Holy Spirit, and people are really excited about that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're letting it just kind of go. And we had some students at CCU that said, hey, what if we started a worship and prayer night? And they did that last night. And so it's inspiring other people to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which is just awesome, right? It's exciting. We need it in this culture. And my guest before you, uh, Dr. Run, about to be officially named Guinness Book World Record Holder for consecutive marathons. He just ran 134 today, 26.2 miles. You're a runner. You know <laughs> what that must take. It's incredible. But he, he, I can't believe his knees still work. I know. And listen, <laughs> uh, he, I represent He's the son of a, my, one of my dearest friends, and he was hit head on when he was 18, high school track star. And part of our pitch to the insurance company, because that's what the doctors told us, he would never run again. He was, wow. It was a serious crash. So it's a bit of a miracle at play as well, besides just the grit of that man. But he he told us about the history. Uh, he reminded us that revival prefaced the Revolutionary War. Revival right. prefaced the Civil War. And... Uh, and we all know we're in a bit of a civil war right now. It's a kind of a cold war, but the dividing lines are being drawn. The the yeah. culling of the herd, the the separation, the identification of of uh, believers, non-believers, and, and more importantly, just people who sort of seem to hate themselves and hate their children and hate babies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've just some people are scared, some people are depressed. I'm excited. I'm enthused, yeah. and it just. Hearing you talk, I had shivers up and down my spine. Something that happens to mm. me sometimes when I pray, and uh, because this mm. thing is real, and so many yeah. of these young people are not—they weren't Christians who just showed up. People are coming in to see what's going on. They're seeking out right. Jesus, and they're sticking around. Um, so it's just incredibly exciting, Jeff. Well, if if you think about it, like the last sixty years, we've literally forced God out of the public square. But it doesn't mean that we don't have a, this big need for God. So, right? so think about all the, the last just you know, 40, 50 years of people coming up through education, through public schools, all that stuff. And they learned about life without God. But there's this what we call a God-shaped void. And so there's this hunger and, and there's this spiritual poverty that people have. And so they're starting to see this and they're wondering, what's going on there? I, I've had pain in my life. I've had desperation in my life. Everything I've tried isn't working, and there's people with genuine joy. I'm going to go see what that's about. 
And that is how people find and discover Jesus Christ. And we Jeff. finished our our very last conversation with how people can find Christ. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, we're we're going to run out of time, so I want to keep it really tight. Yep. But I, I just saw somebody respond on Twitter that said, don't be fooled by this Asbury thing. Is God's word being spoken there? I haven't seen any gospel or talk of sin and repentance. That's not my understanding. Can you briefly respond to that inquiry? Well, that's really important. And we've heard from other professors at Asbury that 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 this is probably pretty genuine, you know, it, it, and you got you want to test it. But what they're saying, it, the word has to be preached. You want to have people coming to repentance and confession of sin. All of that is very important. If this is really a genuine movement of God. We uh, I don't want to run out of time. We may have to have you back to talk about the Western Conservative Summit. You're filling it or okay. you're hosting Backbone Radio um, tomorrow night. Have you done Backbone before? Never have. First uh, time, and we're going to have a whole bunch of the state party candidates, just like you did. I'm, oh, I'm following great. my big brother Randy here. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's cool. Well, it's a great audience, a lot of calls, a lot of energy, so you'll have an awful lot of fun. Uh, big shoes to fill. Matt Dunn leaves quite a void right. with his uh, – I. I don't know how permanent or temporary his absence is, but man, oh man, it's a lot of fun. So you've got some candidates. Anything else you have planned for tomorrow night, 4 to 7 well, on Backbone you know, Radio? Yeah, 4 to 7 tomorrow. Be watching the news. Uh, Jimmy Carter's gone into hospice. Yeah. Now, I wasn't alive when Jimmy Carter was president, so I'd like Show you, off. if you experienced that, right? <laughs> if you experienced his presidency, I want you to call in and tell me what it was really like. So. Uh, we'll be kind of exploring that wow. as well as the GOP candidates. What a great question, given what we're going through under sleepy, yeah. creepy, fading Joe <laughs> Biden. Uh, that's uh, that's, uh, that's great. Well, Jeff, I'm so glad that we were able to hook up and um, have a good time on Backbone. I'll be doing uh, my show and Backbone Radio next weekend. And right. uh, uh, it's just great having so many excellent hosts to cover uh, these very important radio opportunities because voices like yours and mine and uh, Matt's are, are few and far between locally on Denver radio. And so um, I'm, I'm glad you're a part of it, man. Dan Yost does it better than anybody else. Yeah. Believe me, I grew up in a radio family and it's great to be able to follow in your footsteps, Randy. We've got about uh, 60 seconds. If you want to talk about Western conservative summit. Yep, it looks like we may have some candidates, some presidential candidates. We're all in conversations right now, even with the big, big dogs. So uh, Western Conservative Summit, June 9th and 10th at the Colorado Convention Center. We'll be back down there, Belco Theater. We really need an event like this in this part of the country. If you think about it, one-third of the electoral votes to Joe Biden came from the Western United States. We need a Western conservative revival here. So uh, join us at the summit this year, June 9th and 10th, Colorado Convention Center. Website fast. Westernconservativesummit.com. Easy. All right, Jeff, I'll be listening. (laughs) Have fun tomorrow night on Backbone Radio. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Randy. God bless you. All righty. And don't forget, man, we're going to be kicking off the week right because everybody, George Brockler, Deb Flora, Stefan Tubbs, all the day part folks will be live in El Paso, Texas. And uh, they're going to be reporting on exactly what's going on with illegal aliens, with drug crossings, with human trafficking, everything that you can imagine. And you can add your voice to the growing number of people who are asking Governor Jared Polis to end 
our status in Colorado as a sanctuary state. Go to 710canus.com. Sign our petition today. I haven't done it yet. I'll try and do it maybe before the night is out. Click on the Colorado Undivided banner at 710kNUS.com. All right, that's it. And I just promised everybody who tried to call in, all the texters, everybody, we will not be guest heavy next week. We will do a, a radio talk show. But I just felt it was so important to, first of all, um, push back for my friend John Eastman and Chuck Bonniewell and, and for myself. And then I uh, wanted for sure to give you access to a bunch of these Colorado State GOP candidates. Remember, there's going to be a state GOP candidate forum at Deep Space on Wednesday. I think you can get more information on the Colorado Hispanic Republicans page on Facebook. Ah, Man, it's so good to be back here with you. And so many other things that I want to get into. We've got, uh, you know, Donald Trump has to go to Palestine. What's it called? Palestine, I think. Palestine, Ohio. I think that's how they pronounce it there. In order to get anybody from the EPA, while our EPA chair or head flies off to Africa for another climate climate science debacle. Government is such a mess. But that's what we're here for. We're going to keep it straight. I'm so glad that you tuned in tonight. Always remember, please never forget, God loves you. So do I. And then there's this. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 